Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Hell is a place regarded in various religions as a spiritual realm of evil and suffering. Often traditionally depicted as a place of perpetual fire beneath the earth where the wicked are punished after death. Now Paratruth presents Hell, the place of torment. Hey folks, welcome to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. This is where we talk about all things paranormal supernatural from a mainstream view as well as a christian view so tonight we're going to be talking about hell hell is a place that most people will associate with punishment and torture uh, more times than not it is in the christian religion but there are other faiths that have a hell or a type of place that is like hell so as Eric said in the the intro there, you know, it's it's a place of torment, especially when you've led a wicked life. A lot of times if you have not been saved and been true to that to the faith of Christianity, that's where you're ending up. A little bit of scripture that we found here that relates to hell. There's a couple that I was rather intrigued by, which is Revelations 21.8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And then the other one that I really liked was Matthew twenty five forty six. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What about you? Did you have any particular scriptures that you liked? Well, Revelation twenty ten it talks about the devil eventually being cast into hell, and it says the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So since you have the background in, in scripture and theology, where is your, your mindset when you think of hell? And when I think of hell, I it's just like some of these uh, passages we just read. I think of uh, the gnashing of teeth of, uh, you know, just pain and suffering and destruction. All right. What's up, recorder? <laughs> it says hello. 
Oh. And that it's happy that it could augment your voice it's for suffering. you. <laughs> that's it. It's just suffering. It's, it's a place that's a dark. Uh, topic, it, regardless of the fire, it's a place that's dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place that is just, you know, terrible. It's a nightmare, literally. It's a living nightmare. And that's, that's where my, my mind goes when I think of hell. I mean, it's not like... I know a lot of people say, oh, life is hell or, you know, this is hell and so on and so forth. But I think when they use that term, they're not really understanding what hell is or what it's supposed to be, according to the scripture. Uh, I think it's just a place of destruction in the end. What about you? I do believe that, you know, Earth can be hell as far as living. You know, most people go through a, a lot of torment and, and suffering. But I don't think that compares to what hell is. Um, a, a lot of times I, I do say, you know, I believe hell is here. And there's a couple of things that I associate with that. Not only are we always being tested and being under a lot of, of suffering and stress, but a lot of times, too, demons and Satan can come into this realm, this dimension, and a lot of people believe that demons and Satan are actually in hell now, as mm-hmm. we've talked about before. You know, you said that you believe that Satan and demons are actually not in hell, but they will be thrown back into or into hell mm-hmm. when when the end comes. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. That's exactly what I believe. I think there's a time, or I guess back in, especially back in the Old Testament, where we learn about, and in the New Testament we learn that there may be demons that have already been cast into hell, some that are already currently in chains and and currently suffering the wrath of God, if you will. But as for Satan and the demons that are here on earth, their time is yet to come. You know, Satan is the king of this world right now. He's the prince of this world. He pretty much runs the show, if you will, right now. God has given him the world more or less to conquer for the moment, and which is, you know, pretty much leads up to what we talked about last week on our Antichrist episode uh, when eventually Christ will come back. But I think as for Satan, see, the thing is, he knows what hell is. You know, he knows what the torment is and he knows that whether or not there's a possibility of him ending up there, he's going to stay as far away from it as possible because he knows what it's meant for. Uh, the scriptures indicate that hell was simply created for Satan and his demons. It's actually meant for them to be destroyed where they will be suffering. And that's in the book of Revelation. But, God is also going to send the people, the unbelieving people, the people who persecuted his his servants, those who are not saved in particular, uh, will be the ones who also suffer there with Satan and the rest of the demons. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I believe. I think that Satan stays as far away as possible right now. If they are here, if they are on Earth, then who's doing the tormenting of the human souls that go there? Now that's that's a really good question. That's up to some strong debate. Right. I personally believe that God has a certain uh sect of angels, if you will. And we know that there's a number of different legions of angels. Uh we have the seraphim, we have the archangels, we have the cherubs, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a certain sect 
that exist in hell. And they could be the ones that provide the tormenting. Then again, it could be something so, I'm going to use the word supernatural because we, we, we describe God as supernatural because we can't fully fathom or understand who he is or how he, how he works, if you will, how he thinks and how he acts. And I think it's a possibility that the same thing is in hell where everything just kind of takes place on its own, if you will, almost like, like, uh, gears set in motion. That once a soul is down there, the torment begins, and it's just a process that you know happens over and over and over and over again. There's a couple of scriptures that you know kind of help, I guess, show that there's two sides there. Because obviously, we've talked about heaven numerous times. Hell mm-hmm. is something we haven't talked as much about. But in the book of Luke, uh, in particular Luke 16, 19 through 31, there's a story about the rich man. And a man named Lazarus, a poor man named Lazarus. And uh, I'm going to just read this small part right here. It says, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And so we can see right there that there's obviously two places. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And, you know, the scripture says that it is extremely hard for a rich man to enter heaven. And in fact says that a rich man going to heaven is like putting a camel through the eye of a needle, which as we all know is impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> it would be uh, really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say. And of course, you know, I'm not saying that anyone who's rich is going to go to hell. Obviously, if you work for your money, you work hard for your money, just because you're rich, you, you know, doesn't mean, oh, well, you're rich, so you get to suffer. No. Like we said many times, it's all about being saved, all about believing in Christ uh, to be Lord and Savior of your life. Uh, and that's what determines where you end up. As you're saying, too, you know, just because you're, you're rich doesn't mean you're going to end up the, in hell. But leading that, that life of faith and and being saved and just leading that life of of God mm-hmm. is going to keep you from from going to hell. I mean, treating people because there are a lot of rich people that treat people very poorly. But if you're treating people like Jesus would have, or just trying to be a, as much like Jesus as possible, I I feel that you're not going to go to hell just because you're rich. Yeah, there's a it's it's definitely definitely interesting uh, subject altogether. You know, as to what exactly. I know there's a lot of debate as to what exactly gets you into heaven and what doesn't get you into heaven. You know, I take the stand where it's the only way is to believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he is your savior and that you accept him fully. There's others who believe, well, as long as you're good and you, you know, follow the teachings of Christ, then you'll enter heaven. And that all comes down to, you know, do you gain salvation through grace by the grace of God or do you gain salvation by works? And the scriptures tell us in the book of Romans, I believe it is, it is by grace 
it is by grace that you are saved, not by works, so that no one can boast. Uh, and that may not be word for word, but uh, I'll double check that and let you know. But it, it, you know, it, it, in the scriptures, it tell us that the only simple way, and it is, even though it seems hard, it is relatively simple. All you'd have to do is accept Christ, and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to work hard. And I think that's a lot of that's just something a lot of a lot of people don't understand because a lot of people don't feel that they deserve grace you know they don't deserve mercy and I think that's a human thing on our side where that you just feel guilty and say well I don't deserve this I have to work in order to get there right but God says no you really don't all right folks we are going to have Eric's random fact of the day and we will be right back with paratruth radio now Eric's random fact of the day Israel it's been in the news lately, and it's talked about throughout all of Scripture. Israel has been destroyed twice over the years, besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, captured and recaptured 44 times, and it's one of the world's oldest cities. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio, right here at paratruthradio.com. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking about hell. For those of you just catching us, you definitely should have been here at the beginning of the show, but we'll recap really fast. Hell is a place where you're tormented and... You know, you, you have to have that that faithful life and and be saved in order to escape it. Um, not to say that there aren't saved people that can't go to hell because there are people that waver and turn away from God even after they are saved. That is basically in in any type of theology that you see, hell is a place of torment. Now, something that Eric and I were talking about before the show was that there's different words used in the Bible, and it's hard to discern what they mean. If it's talking about hell, if it's talking about something else. So what were those different words that they, they use in the Bible? Well, the first word, it's probably the most common word, is the word Sheol. Uh, now, there's a number of different beliefs as to what Sheol means, especially when you're converting it from the Hebrew term or the Greek term, but uh, from what I've gathered, the word Sheol refers to the grace or the abode of the dead, uh, and I think this is kind of where, this may be where religions in general may, who, who follow or read the Christian Bible, may, I, I guess, misinterpret the word and almost come up with this idea of purgatory, mm-hmm. uh, which I know we've talked about occasionally on the show. We haven't really touched much basis on purgatory. Well, and that's um, kind of where I was going to go eventually, yeah. too, because there are other religions that uh, say that there's different other uh, parts to it other than just hell, but we'll get into that after right. the whole shale. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and so, you know, through the Old Testament period, some people believed that Sheol was a place where both humans and animals went after they died, the spirits of which. Uh, the scripture tells us that the spirit of an animal goes into the ground, uh, where other parts of scripture tells uh, tell us that the human spirit go to God, which is in heaven, obviously. Who is in heaven, obviously? And so I think the word here overall with the word Sheol doesn't necessarily mean a, a purgatory, perhaps, or a uh, hell, but simply a place in which one is buried six feet under. So in and other it, words, the grave. Yeah, simple as that. I mean, that's what I personally believe is that Sheol means the grave. And we've heard about, when you read through the book of Job, Job talks about going to Sheol, you know, asking God to just let him die so that he can have peace from the torment of life. And we know that if Sheol was hell, then obviously there wouldn't be any peace, according to right. the book of Revelation and some of which, which is written in, in the New Testament. So obviously I think, you know, like I said, the term might change between the Old Testament and New Testament, depending on the Hebrew and Greek words used for whichever particular scripture or passage that they're being used. But in this particular instance, for what we're talking about, I think the word child does mean grave. Even just hearing what you're, you're telling through the scriptures, I mean, I, I wouldn't interpret Sheol as hell, so I'm not sure where that comes from as far as, as other people reading the Bible and trying to interpret what that is. But, you know, every every. Thing that somebody used the the term shale, they're all they're just talking about going to this place of, of peace. Well, if it was hell, the, as you said, it wouldn't be peaceful. You would be tormented. So why would you mm-hmm. want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this, well, this is what's interesting because this is why you know some people will come up with the uh, the possibility that shale is indeed hell. So, and this is this isn't coming from scripture itself, but it's this. What I'm about to say is in reference to a number of different scriptures, and I'll name the scriptures, um, or at least a few of them. But it says that Sheol, or is unlike the earth, and that it's devoid of love, hate, envy, work, thought, knowledge, and wisdom, according to Ecclesiastes nine six and nine ten. And it says that there is no light in Sheol uh, in the book of Job, chapter 10, verse 21 and 22, Psalms 88, 6, Psalms 88, 12. Uh, there's no remembrance, remem- meaning that, you know, you don't remember anything that's happened through your lifetime. Uh, you may not remember people. I don't know exactly what that means by no remembrance. Uh, you can find that in Psalm 6, 5. There's no praise of God, Psalm 6, 5. 39, 88, 10 through 12, and also Isaiah 38, 18, and some passages that claim that there is no sound in Sheol whatsoever, according to Psalm 94, 17. I think what's interesting here, you know, depending on how you look at this, I, I could see where it can represent hell in a sense. When you, when you talk about there being no praise of God and how there's no light, there's scripture that says, like, who can escape its gates, you know, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But that's something right there that tips me off when it says who can escape its gates. You know, back in the Old Testament, if if we believe Sheol to be hell, that would mean that Job wanted to go to hell. That would mean that King David 
at one point, you know, who also talked about Sheol had wanted to go to hell, but it, you know, they don't, they, one, they don't want to go to hell. And two, they were both men of God and God wouldn't cast them into hell because they believed in him. They knew who he was. They trusted in him. You know, they loved him. God has called David a man after his own heart. And, uh, I'll tell you that God throughout the scripture has never once mentioned anyone or talked about anyone quite like he talked about David as being his faithful follower. And the simple fact that we learn about the word Sheol in the scriptures where it says you can never escape from its gates would simply tell us that we all die. We will all meet death at some point in our life, meaning that we cannot escape it. There is no, I guess, eternal life here in the physical form at the moment until Christ comes back. And plus with, with the whole idea of there being no light as well. Yeah. Uh, any, anyone who turns off a light in the room or puts their head under the covers, no, there's no light. Right. So if you're six feet underground and there's nothing but dirt above you, it's going to be dark. Right. Well, and another term that is used a lot in, in the Bible, even in uh, Greek and Roman beliefs is the word Hades. It's used in the Bible a couple times and then it in the theology of ancient mm-hmm. Greek and Romans, Hades was the underworld. Mm-hmm. So what as far as the the Bible and what's in scripture, why why is Hades brought up? What is Hades? You know, Hades is mostly if it's used at all in the scripture, it's used in the New Testament. And Hades has often, as far as I've seen, been referred to as hell, uh, the place of torment. Okay. Um, I know some people, as I've come across some of the research for this week, claim that Sheol and Hades are almost one and the same, two terms that mean the same thing, the grave. But uh, I think when it comes to the word Hades, it's, that's a false. I, I think it's uh, Hades does represent or is a term meaning hell, the place of torment. All right, well, getting into a little bit of the other terms when it comes to hell, there's, and some, I've heard some people say there's seven layers to hell. Some of the other terms are purgatory, limbo, as we just said, Hades. And I believe purgatory and limbo are both divinations of the Catholic religion, correct? Uh, yes. But could it be a possibility that Purgatory, Limbo, and Hades are a level of hell? Or does the the Bible and through through Christianity itself really just say it, it's just hell? There's no layers to it. Uh, scripture never indicates that there's, that there's a layer to hell. Dante Alighieri, he wrote the, uh, the poem... Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. where it talks about, I believe it's seven rings of the seven rings of hell. And that's something that he came up with pretty much on his own. That is nowhere at all in the Holy Bible. Uh, hell is just, is depicted as one single place. Uh, and that's that. Uh, and, you know, it's, there's never been an abode. There's never been 
a purgatory mentioned in all of scripture. So where exactly people get this, I think, uh, in regards to the Catholic faith, to just, you know, you don't even have to have a faith to believe this. But uh, I think that comes from the word Sheol as well, the grave where everyone goes. Because I think a lot of people at one point or another either believe A, that in the Old Testament, heaven was not open, doors of heaven were not open, and therefore anyone who died would just, you know, in this purgatory, just hanging out until the day that Christ died uh, and was able to unlock everything and, you know, and rise back oh, okay. up and have the keys of hell. I think another indication that people may follow is the book of Revelation, where it says that God will bring all the souls up to him and he will judge each soul. Uh, according to their works. Because there, there are two judgments. There's the judgment of faith, basically. So when we die today, if anyone were to die today, for example, they would be judged simply on whether they believe or don't believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe, then in the second judgment, which will be in the book, which is according to the book of Revelation, when Christ comes back, you'll be judged on your works, where you will receive gifts by the Holy Spirit. And the these scriptures talk about these gifts as being crowns of different sorts. And if you didn't do well in your works, then you will feel a sense of loss. Uh, but you'd still be saved. You'd still be in heaven. Simple as that. Where <clears throat> if you don't believe in Jesus, if you died today and you didn't believe, you would end up in hell. And then you'd be resurrected to God or brought up to God for a second judgment based on works, which regardless, if you did good works or bad works, you would still end up in hell. Once you end up, once you die, that's it. There's no getting back. There's no trying to get into heaven. That's it. And I know uh, in Catholicism, a lot of people will pray for the spirits of people. When someone dies, they'll pray for that person's soul. Mm -hmm. What they don't understand, or maybe they do understand and they just don't want to admit it, is that once that person dies, there is no saving that soul. You could pray as hard as you want, but it's already done. Unless that person came to salvation while they were alive, they will never see the light of heaven. That's where I stand there. I mean, that's my personal belief, and that's what I've learned through the scriptures. So when they say somebody isn't isn't resting in peace, do you think that means that they ended up in hell or do you think that people are thinking that they never, like a lot of people believe that they didn't cross over and that they're here still on earth. What do you think that means particularly? I think in today's day and age, I think when people say that a spirit is not resting, it means that that spirit is still roaming the earth as if they had a choice to deny going to heaven or hell or wherever and decided, oh, I'm just going to stay here and finish whatever work I have left to do here. Or simply out of fear, I'm going to stay here because I don't want to see judgment. And I don't know exactly where that came from. I don't know if that's uh, just something somebody came up with, if that's demonic influenced or what. I don't know. I personally believe that we don't have a choice once we die. We don't have any power of our own to decide whether or not we go into the light or, you know, wherever God sends us or not. You know, if I were to die today, for example, I cannot choose to stay here on earth. That is not up to me. Uh, it's completely and fully up to God, according to the scriptures. So 
I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I think that when people mention, you know, or say, you know, the spirit is unrestful or whatever, I think they mean that the spirit's still roaming earth for some reason. Okay. Well, what about like even in the past, like say in, in biblical times, if somebody were to say their, their soul isn't resting, do you think they were talking more along the lines of that they went to hell or do you think there were people even back then that thought that human spirits were, were roaming the earth. Oh, uh, there, the, people definitely believed that human spirits were still roaming the earth. Even in the New Testament, I know there's a point in which Jesus was walking on water. I think it was when Jesus was walking on water and, you know, Peter, I think it was Peter or someone looked out and said, look, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, no, it's me, you know, mm-hmm. it's him. And so I think there is one instance there where people did believe that ghosts walk the earth at times. And, of course, the term ghost depends on the Greek or Hebrew that was used because the term ghost could mean anything at that point. And I, I personally don't know what the translation is right now, but uh, there's a possibility that the term ghost could mean spirit. It could mean angel. It could mean Holy Spirit, as we've heard Holy Ghost before. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a number of different possibilities of what the word ghost meant. And then we know that there's been mediums in the past who believe that they did speak to or, you know, even today who do speak to human spirits. And, and so, yeah, it's always been around. It's always been there. There's always been this. I, I think it has something to do with the loss of someone where people just want to believe that they're still around, that there's still connection to the people of the past. And that's where the whole idea comes from. These spirits walking the earth. Either that or it's all been deceit. You know, I know we've talked about this numerous times about demons portraying somebody, mm-hmm. uh, portraying little chil- children, portraying animals, portraying loved ones. That could simply be everything right there. It could just be one big deceit and people still believe that, oh, these aren't demons. These are just our loved ones. In the end, you know, I don't think anyone's going to fully know or take the time to believe until they see the truth. All right, para fans, we are going to take a break and hear the paranormal headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, Parafans, Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. Charlie Charlie Challenge Haunts the Internet A strange new viral phenomenon has left social media buzzing with attempts to summon a Mexican spirit. Although it has been around for quite some time, the challenge, which involves using pencils and a piece of paper to summon a spirit named Charlie, has really taken off this week. To play... Participants are required to take a piece of paper, balance two pencils in a cross shape in the middle, and then write the words yes and no at the four corners of the page. To begin, those taking part must then clearly recite the phrase, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? If the pencil moves, According to the myth surrounding the game, the spirit of Charlie will have arrived to begin answering your questions. Despite the widespread uptake of the challenge on social media this week, however, the mechanism behind this alleged paranormal communication is actually very simple. 
the pencils will invariably move by themselves no matter what because they are so precariously balanced. The vibration of a footstep, someone shuffling around in the room, or even a subtle draft from a window or door can make it seem as though Charlie has come out to play. Nevertheless, with the Charlie Charlie challenge becoming increasingly popular online, it is likely that we will be seeing quite a few reaction videos of pencils moving over the next few weeks. Natural birth to become a thing of the past. A prominent French doctor has claimed that women are losing the ability to give birth naturally. Obstetrician Mitchell O'Dent maintains that the rise in modern aids to childbirth, such as drugs and surgical procedures, could eventually leave women unable to give birth without medical assistance. Evidence in support of this view can be found in the form of statistics from the last few decades, indicating that women take much longer in labor now than they did 50 years ago, a rise of around two and a half hours between births this century and births in the 1950s and 60s. To me, it demonstrates the obvious, that women are losing the capacity to give birth, he said. Other factors include a rise in the number of births carried out via cesarean section, and an increase in the number of women who are given synthetic oxytocin drips to help induce labor. I believe that the human oxytocin system, oxytocin being the hormone of love fundamental to birth and bonding, even in adulthood, is growing weaker, he said. Odant's arguments have been laid out in full in his upcoming book, Do We Need Midwives? While no stranger to controversy, having previously suggested that it was bad for the father to be present at the birth, the obstetrician's concerns over the future of natural childbirth nonetheless carry a great deal of weight and maintain substantial support in the medical community. Odant has in the past said things that seem preposterous, but a few years later are borne out by the evidence said Professor Sue Down of the University of Central Lancashire. Giving women synthetic oxytocin interferes with the balance of hormones. Evidence is growing that there are long-term consequences. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. 
If you're just joining us today, well, you know, same as the last break. Shame on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to just keep scorning you guys till you actually start showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have been speaking about hell. Uh, very interesting topic so far. We've discussed a number of different things. Uh, we've, we've recently, just before break, we discussed just what it means for a spirit to be unrestful. Uh, whether or not that means that a spirit is unrestful because of hell and the torment in which it endures, or if it just simply means that there's spirits walking the earth. But so far, I think it's been a pretty good show so far, right, Justin? So far, I mean, we've gone over the different terminologies that are used in Scripture as well as in other theologies. I mean, we've gone over purgatory, limbo, hell, Hades, Sheol. One thing that kind of is all part of a lot of theologies is hell is torture. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know that eventually Satan and and demons are are sent into hell after the tribulation, after, you know, if you read Revelations, it tells you that after the Antichrist is, is killed and sent to hell, so will Satan and the demons. Right. Uh, as we were discussing before, you know, as you believe, you know, demons and Satan are not in hell as of yet. They are unchained right now in, I wouldn't say, I guess, in our realm, but they're, they're on Earth and they're able to come into our dimension, so to speak, in order to torment us from our faith, I suppose. Once they go there... They are there for good, according to scripture, correct? Correct. And you were saying, now, you were saying that, that you believe that there are actually angels who are going about the torture of, of the human souls right now. I, yeah. And, um, well, the one thing that I, I wanted to ask, and it's been a long time since I've written the Bible, so it, Bear with me, um, but it, there's nothing in scripture that would would signify that, is there? No. So, and I I, I can see where that would make sense because if demons and and Satan are here, then you would think, well, who is torturing these souls? <laughs> so, one thing that I, I've never really understood because. I have read Revelations and read the scripture before. Once once the Antichrist comes and then Jesus comes to stamp him out, it says something about the, the dead coming with him. Does that mean both from hell and heaven or just from heaven? In which to who coming with? Coming with who? I'm sorry. I, I believe it says that the, 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 the dead or or the, the souls of... of the dead come back when Jesus comes back. Is that correct, mm-hmm. or am I off? When Jesus, yeah, when Jesus comes back in physical form to to put an end to everything, you know, to finally end the war uh, in full destruction and to allow His kingdom to reign, His throne to reign uh, for a thousand years, then all of the saved will come back from the dead. Uh, they'll be the ones that are resurrected uh, in the flesh and will live with God for a thousand years. 
And then again, after the thousand years, after Satan comes back again, Jesus is going to release him from the chains, and he's going to be able to go around to the four corners of the earth and bring people to temptation and lead people astray. And then that's when Jesus will throw fire down and consume all of the evil once and for all and finally cast uh, Satan into hell. And then all the saved people will be in flesh and will be united with God in one heaven and one earth, a new creation. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Doesn't it say something about the tortured souls of hell too coming back? When when the Antichrist or when Satan is trying to take over, um, you know what it might. And I'm actually I was actually when you were right before you asked me that question, I was already trying to look something up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of weird that we're on this topic because I want to say that Hades had risen up and the dead followed close behind or something like that. Yeah, that I think that's where I'm, I'm getting that from is, mm-hmm. is seeing that. And uh, it's been a little while since I've read that part of Revelation. So when I read scriptures, I don't always read. I've I don't always read the entire book. I'll read certain passages, you know. Well, a lot of people read, you know, passages to help them understand things that they're going through, or just to kind of pacify their mind. Right. And uh, when I did read, I mean, I've read through the entire Bible, uh, cover to cover, but it's been. A couple of years since I've read actually through the entire book of Revelation. And that particular instance, at the moment, <laughs> I'm having trouble finding it. Okay, so this is, okay. So we're both wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> here we go. So in the book of Revelation 6, 8, and I'm going to take this from the New International Version Bible, mostly because it's my favorite Bible, uh, or uh, translation of the Bible, I should say. It says, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades followed close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Um... So in this particular instance, we're looking at almost two entities, if you will. Uh, death and Hades being two separate entities in which have power. I know, according to Greek lore, Hades is the name of basically a god yeah, of hell. Lord of the underworld, yep. Mm-hmm. Lord of the underworld. And whether or not they're going with the same you know, thing here. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's the take here. I'd have to actually look into the, uh, the context of what it's actually saying. And of course, into the commentary of what theologists have come to, like what kind of, um, conclusions they have come to. Mm-hmm. But it's simply based on the fact that both the term death and Hades are capitalized would suggest that they are names of two different entities as opposed to a place. Uh, but I mean, not necessarily because obviously places have capitalizations too. Right. But you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to say personally for me. It, it could simply mean that when death rises, he's bringing hell with him, like hell on earth, if you will. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one right now. Could Hades be a name of a demon? It could be. It could be the name of a demon. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it is. I'm not going to say it's not because I just don't have. 
you know, the full understanding of that passage myself. Well, uh, like we said last episode, I mean, interpreting the Bible is very, very hard. So that's why, that's why I, I ask because, yeah. I mean, when you're thinking about that particular scripture, it kind of names what people call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Hades isn't one of those four horsemen. Hades is something completely different. So right. that's why I wonder, does that mean, like you said, hell on earth? Does that mean death brings a demon with him to wreak havoc on, on earth to start the apocalypse? It's hard, it's hard to think what that might mean. Well, let me just read this little section here from, um, I had mentioned last week about Matthew Henry's commentaries. Uh, and I'm just going to read this and maybe we can come up with something from this, you know, just get a better idea or a possibility. Um, it says the rider was death, the king of terrors, the attendants or followers of this king of terrors, hell, a state of eternal misery to all who die in their sins. And in times of general destruction, Multitudes go down unprepared into the pit. Um, so I'm going to continue on a little further. The period of the fourth seal is one of great slaughter and devastation, destroying whatever may tend to make life happy, making ravages on the spiritual lives of men. Thus, the mystery of iniquity, iniquity was completed and its power extended both over the lives and consciences of men. So in this particular sense, Hades may not be a demon per se. It may not even be the multitude of people. It's the idea of what Hades represents. Uh, the fact that, yeah, he is bringing hell to earth as opposed to, you know, at this moment, people just being in hell. Hell's going to rise and overflood everything. So basically, we're going to see a lot of torment, a lot of destruction. I was just um, going to ask, does that mean, as in hell on earth, as in torment and yeah. and torture and all that sort of stuff, like we think of hell? Or does that yeah. mean hell on earth as in, you know, people just uh, waging war against each other and that sort of thing? No, I think this one is literally going to be the torment because, mind you, the four horsemen, and we can name them now, we have war, death famine and pestilence uh not necessarily in that order i I don't remember offhand (laughs) but the four of them combined is going to truly bring hell on earth you know a true hell on earth but it's when death comes and that that it's going to really start taking fold um death is the final one to rise if i'm not mistaken and so once the four horsemen are completed and all have risen that's when all hell unleashes uh, there will be people literally suffering. There will be disease in which people are constantly sick, boils, sores, uh, you name it. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, it's going to be the most horrific thing that anyone has ever witnessed in their entire life and in the history of history. So, yeah, I think in this particular instance, death is literally bringing hell on earth. One thing I do have to say is, the interpretation by supernatural as to the four horsemen was definitely a very good representation of what what they might look like and what they might be doing I agree. when they come. Yeah, I agree. They did uh there's some things I don't fully agree with with them and there's some things that are just 
like that instance is pretty good. I could I could see it, but even with that, I think it's going to be a thousand times worse. Well, right <laughs> overall. I mean, obviously, it's a TV show; you can only see so much. Yeah, but well, one thing that you had said too um, is about about reading through the Bible front to back, and one thing that I came across a couple years ago was a book that's called The Story, and basically what it is is the Bible put into a story mode, so to speak, instead of, uh, books, it's just chapters and it's, it's, <laughs> it's worded exactly as the Bible is, but it, it's, it kind of takes out all of those, like Isaiah revelations, mm-hmm. Peter, it, it takes all that out and just turns them into chapters. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then there's another scripture too, that actually, or another scripture, another version that, uh, translate it translates it in a like a screen or uh, a script is a script oh. for a movie which personally I would find really annoying <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because um, it would have to be a narrator doing a lot of yeah <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm gonna change gears a little bit here unless do you have anything else on that particular no I, okay. I think we've gotten pretty much everything that we can say. I mean, hell is, I guess, a, a figurative and literal place, as we said about, you know, the, the book of Revelations last last show. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say a lot about it. We're, we've never been there. We've never seen it. We can only t- speculate and talk about and debate what it might be or what goes on there or who controls it. But, uh, I think we've done a pretty good job this show to, to show that. I agree. I think there's just one more thing I would like to cover in regards to hell, which I think would be very interesting for some of, if not all of our viewers out there, as I personally find it quite interesting too. And this also comes from, uh, the book of Luke, Chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, about the rich man and Lazarus, which we've already uh, mentioned a little bit of the scripture, uh, or that passage. And I'm going to read the rest of this passage, and there's something interesting here that I think we could discuss. Um, and I'll get your view on it in particular, Justin. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right, I'm going to start at verse 23. In Hades, where he, being uh, the rich man, was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham. Abraham, in this case, is uh, referring to God, far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue before I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, 
they will repent. And he replied, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Something that's very interesting here uh, that I've learned uh, quite a while ago now, a couple of years ago. Through this entire passage, we have this conversation between Father Abraham and the rich man. Mm-hmm. And so we have this idea about the rich man being able to look up into heaven and Father Abraham looking down into hell. Yet not once does Lazarus ever respond to anything, nor is there an indication that Lazarus even looks down or knows that there's a conversation going on between the rich man and uh, Father Abraham, which begs the question, do you think that when we are in heaven, we will be able to look down under earth and into hell and or if one is in hell, will they be able to look up to earth and into heaven? I think that we will be able to look back down onto earth. I don't necessarily think we'll be able to look into hell. I think that's only something God is able to do. I think we are only able to maybe just watch over our our loved ones and, you know, just look down and, and know that they're they're here and and not necessarily happy but just just watch over them i don't think if we go to hell that we are even given that that option i think to be tormented by what whatever it is that we are tormented by me personally i believe we're tormented by our own faults and you know what we did wrong to end up there that's what we are tortured by and we're not even given given that option to to be able to see Mm -hmm. what about you well i don't even think that when in heaven we'll be able to even look down onto earth scripture says that we'll be praising god we'll be worshiping him all the time and basically that when we get into heaven, we're going to be so overwhelmed by God in his presence, we will not even remember or bother to look back uh, because the glory in front of us will be so amazing and so just, you know, incredible that all of our focus is going to be drawn onto him. And God doesn't want anything to come between him and us at that point, you know, he, he doesn't even want something to come between him and us here on earth. So I think that we won't have the ability to look down onto earth even, let alone hell. However, based on this particular passage, I think that if one were to be in hell, they will be given the ability or they will be able to see into heaven simply to add to the torment because they already know and feel the pain they're going through. But one of the big things about hell is the lack of the presence of God. Even here on earth, people who don't know God, there's still the presence of God around them. They may not realize it. They may not see it. They may not understand it, but it's there. When in hell, that presence is going to be completely just stripped away. There will be no feeling of God nearby. Yet, I think to add to the torment, those in hell will be able to look up into heaven and see how everyone else is enjoying their life and doing wonderful things and, you know, praising God and having it easy. 
while that person is in agony and pain and, you know, gnashing their teeth and crying and miserable uh, due to the flames and to the worm and so on and so forth. So I think it's a good possibility that those in hell will look into heaven or have the, that ability to or will have no choice but to just to add on to the torture. whole idea of the torment and the torture. I can I can see that I can see how you could you could be led to to believe that especially through that passage. Mm-hmm. And I mean how else could you even be even more ten- tormented other than to be able to to see the the glory above as well as, you know, people enjoying life here and and following Jesus Christ and, and God and the faith and and trying to get to that that heavenly place right all right folks I've got some brand new news for the revealed the movie that I have written that I am producing and directing this upcoming fall uh, we are currently in pre-production I know you've all heard much about it over the past couple of months now I believe it's been it's amazing how quickly time goes yeah um, but this story, as I'll just real quickly, it's about a young woman named Abigail Franklin who is a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, growing up, she's always wondered whether or not humans are alone in the universe. And as a child, like all children, her imagination ran very wild. And she had these dreams in which an entity of some sort visited her. But she had no way to prove that it was real or that this entity was even, you know, showing up in her life the way she believed it was until one day in her mid twenties, well into her career, she begins to witness the same horror that she witnessed as a child. These entities started visiting her again and she believed them to be true alien abductions. And she ends up going to her best friend, Sammy toll after listening to the whole story who eventually suggests that maybe she's right. Maybe it is an alien, but maybe it's something even more sinister. And perhaps it's an entity, a spiritual being of some sort from another dimension, something really dark, really evil. And, you know, I think overall, it's just a really interesting story. It is a sci-fi horror style film. Um, so if you like aliens, if you like the whole UFO concept, you're going to love this movie. If you just like horror films in general, you like getting a few jump scares in there and stuff like that. Again, I think you're going to like this story. I've worked really hard on it. It is going to be about a 20 minute long short film. It's actually a thesis film for school. It is a school project. Um, I am completing this film for a grade, but I also have the plans to enter it into film festivals and hopefully get on the festival circuit um, because this particular film will really help drive my career uh, through the window, you know, and just take me f- hopefully further than I could possibly uh, believe that I can or uh, can possibly hope. Um, and, and so with that said, I need your help. All the pair of fans out there, I need your help in order to, uh, in order to do this in order to make a film, it costs money. 
Wait, it does? Yeah, I know. It's insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> in reality, though, you can ask anyone. You can ask anyone in the entertainment industry, whether it's uh, the film industry, the radio industry, as we're in, you know, whether it's someone writing books, you name it. Money is involved. And in order to make a good movie, it may take quite a few bucks, you know, to get it done. Because you have to pay for not only the props for the movie, you may have to pay for locations in which you want to film. You may have to pay for cast and crew. For example, I have to pay for my main actor to fly in from Los Angeles. So that's a pretty good penny there and of itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to pay for food. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Uh, it also includes water or other drinks. You know, all these factors play into one another. And it's going to be an eight-day, about eight to ten-day production, working around eight to 12 hours a day. Uh, so you can imagine the type of money that's going to go into this. Uh, fuel costs as well on top of it, depending on travel time. Yeah. I am a college student. I don't work most of the time due to my class schedules. Uh, I am working this summer and that's going to help me just barely make it by next semester, uh, paying for rent and everything like that. Cause I do have to pay for all that stuff as well. And so after doing all the work on this film and budgeting it out and trying to see just how much money I need, it turns out I'm probably going to need around $3,500. That again is three thousand five hundred dollars to make this film, and again that goes into bringing my actor in from Los Angeles to Virginia. That goes into paying for food so that people can eat, so they don't starve, and you know, who knows what? We don't want people passing out or getting hurt on set. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it goes into paying for locations to get this film done, also distribution, so I can create CDs, DVDs, or whatever to get it out to people. But again, I'm here today to really just ask you if anyone out there is willing, if you're willing to help me out, if you've ever been in college, uh, if you haven't been in college, but you've lived on your own and you know that it's tough scraping by, that's where I'm at right now. And I need help to make this film for my education purposes, uh, to get a grade in order to graduate. But again, it's also going to help me, you know, jumpstart my career as well. Uh, which is really great because this could open some big doors for me. Um, if you're willing, just to give a little bit of money, you know, to help me out a little bit, a couple of bucks, one, two, five dollars, you can go to gofundme.com forward slash V as in Vaughn, six G as in ghost, H as in hat, T as in tickle, Eight and Z as in zoo. Again, that's gofundme.com forward slash V six G H T eight Z. There are a number of prizes that you can win uh, depending on how much money you give. If you're willing to give $5, I think is just, you know, just a thank you. The knowledge of helping me, uh, to pursue my dreams and really open a door. Um, I know it doesn't sound like much, but trust me, you'd be doing a huge, huge thing for me. Uh, $25, I think, gets you a magnet. $50 gives you, 
I can't remember exactly. I think like a pen a plus pen. the mag, yeah, yeah, pen plus the magnet, uh, fifty bucks gives you both of those first two things or three things plus something else. A t-shirt. And you, a, a t-shirt. Okay, yeah. See, I don't even remember. <laughs> I just I, I, read through it earlier. Oh, you just read through it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked at it in a couple of days. Um, so yeah, you know, a t-shirt, uh, I think it, from 50 bucks, it jumps up to a hundred dollars if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for, I think that's a DVD at that point. I, I believe so. Something like that. Signed so, yeah. DVD. Signed DVD. So you, I mean, depending on how much money you can, you, you'd be willing to give me for this, uh, to help me out. You can definitely get a magnet, a pen, signed copy of the DVD, which will also have bonus footage on there. You will be one of the first people in the entire world to receive that DVD. Uh, if you were to help me out here, you can also win a poster, which may also be signed. And I think the big prize, which is if you were to give a whopping $500, which I know sounds like a lot, but with that, you would actually receive a executive producer credit on the movie itself, which means your name will be in the credits. That could possibly give you an IMDB credit, which is the International Movie Database uh, um, website. That's where all the, the leaders in the industry all the main actors put their resumes. Uh, that's where they get work. They get hired from there often. You know, I'm on there right now. You'll be able to get on there too, possibly by giving this exe- getting this executive uh, producer credit. Again, that's five hundred dollars. But um, you know, it ranges five dollars, twenty five dollars, fifty, a hundred, two fifty, and five hundred, I believe. Uh, but you could give anything in between as well. So if you're willing willing and I'm begging to help me out. This is huge. Again, this is for school. This is a thesis project. It's for a grade. It's for graduation. But it's also going to go into the film circuit, or the festival circuit, and it can open some big doors for me. And I would love, love, love your help. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I just want to thank you ahead of time for even your consideration. Even if you don't give me anything, you know, maybe a simple prayer, that would be great. I will accept that. I would love that. Um, so again, just throwing it out there. You'll probably hear about this again next week or the week after that. Uh, so please just, just consider it. And, uh, if you're willing, please help me out. I would, I would love to, uh, he- gather some of your comments, which you can do. Uh, you can send comments through uh, the GoFundMe. Again, it's gofundme.com forward slash V six G H T eight. Z. And you can also find that, I believe, on uh, paratruthradio.com, if I'm not mistaken. Am I mistaken, Justin? I will get it up there. We will have it up there. <laughs> we will have it up there <laughs> under uh, the Creative Works tab, most likely. Um, so you, you can easily go there and do that from there. <clears throat> well, I do have to say that I will do be doing my darndest to do the $500, not only because I would love to be an executive producer of this sh- this movie, but I also want to see this movie. So <laughs> <laughs> to, to just be able to help with that and, and see it in its fruition would be very rewarding in my opinion. That'd be awesome. So Thank you. now that uh, you've got that out there, are you still adding updates to the Facebook page as well? I am. Yes, I am. So adding updates to the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash 
uh, the revealed movie. Uh, you, those updates are also be put on uh, facebook.com forward slash paratruth radio uh, because, you know, we like helping each other out. <laughs> well, paratruth is your baby it as is, well as the reveal. So. <laughs> so, two babies going to two places. But anyway, so yeah. Are you uh, getting the GoFundMe links up on the revealed movie Facebook? Yes, facebook.com forward slash the revealed movie. You will find the link already up there. Uh, same thing at paratruth radio dot, or at facebook.com forward slash paratruth radio. It's also been up there added to that site or that uh, page. I will have more updates coming out soon within the next week here. Uh, within about a month or so, month and a half, I will be going back down to Virginia for a weekend so I can start, uh, locking down locations, places to film. And so pictures of those places, uh, will be added as well. So you'll be able to see all of that stuff. So yeah, just, you know, if you can, facebook.com forward slash the revealed movie, you will be able to see all the updates, like it, share it with your friends, your family. You'll be able to really participate in this film and really see what's going on and ultimately see what it becomes. Again, if you can, gofundme.com forward slash V6GHT8Z. I could use your help. Like, I can really use your help. Please, if you're willing, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. Next week, we've got Heidi and Scott Linden from Talk Supernatural joining us to talk about demons. Now, we've been talking about several things in, in a series, so to speak. We talked about the Antichrist. We talked about hell. Next week, we're talking about demons. And uh, it's going to be an interesting show. If you guys have never heard Talk Supernatural, I definitely want you guys to go check them out before they're on our show because they have a hell of a show, a hell of a presence. So, And I used hell twice in our hell show. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> so uh, definitely check them out. Also, if you haven't known... We are guests on the Deception Detection Show with Jerry and Kay. Uh, that show is premiering, or has premiered, I should say, at 7 p.m. tonight. So go back, check them out, Spreaker.com forward slash Deception Detection Show. Uh, you can see the episode uh, in which Justin and I guest uh, have a guest appearance and it's a wonderful show. It's pretty much a full interview uh, on us as well as numerous topics in which the four of us have discussed. It's, it was a fun show. So check it out. Deception detection show. It's already up. Spreaker.com forward slash deception detection show with Jerry and Kay. I do have to say that it's really interesting that, uh, we get to, get interviewed by the way so if you guys want to hear a little bit more of a full story than what eric and i have already shared on our show definitely check that out yeah oh for sure for sure well ladies and gentlemen this was paratruth radio my name is eric and i'm justin and we will see you all next week peace if you enjoyed listening to this episode of paratruth radio then tune in to paratruthradio.com where you can click on the Listen Live tab and listen to tonight's episode again or any of our other past episodes. Also, you can check us out at Spreaker.com forward slash Paratruth Radio as well as YouTube.com forward slash 
Paratruth Radio, where again, you will find all of our previously recorded shows as well as video trailers for previous and upcoming episodes. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?